Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Welcome back to the Junkyard Dogcast, everybody. I'm Jake Rowe. He's Kip Adams. We're from Dogs 24-7. Rusty Mansell's not with us today. He's he's out uh, taking care of some other business on the road and uh, and kind of covering some recruiting out there. So we're going to go with a two-man show today, just like we did last week whenever we, uh, we responded to the SEC schedule. And, uh, man, three or four days of just absolute turmoil and uh, we're going to get to that, but we figure everybody's kind of heard enough about it. You know, everybody's kind of been following it and, and, and digesting it the last three or four days. So we're going to talk another topic to start the show, and that that's topic is the start of camp or basically the start of preseason practices for Georgia. Begins August 17th. Uh, you know, there's some, there's some kind of ambiguity. Kip and I were talking about it before the show that Georgia – uh, might be kind of moving into a little bit of a camp mode over the weekend. They're only able to do walkthroughs and not practices. They haven't put on any gear yet, but uh, it's a situation where uh, they can still go through walkthroughs. So I think we're right on the cusp of the team kind of honing in on the season. And in the second half of the show, we are going to talk about what's happened the last three or four days and kind of where things stand with the three conferences still alive to play college football in 2020. Uh, but, Kip, let's jump right into this thing. All right, preseason practice. I want to call it preseason camp. I'm going to call it preseason camp, even if I try not to. But what what is something you're following? What is something you expect? Maybe maybe both. Uh, you know, I'm not really saying that as an or or an either. Can you, can you give me something you're following and something you kind of – or something you expect or maybe both? Well, right off the bat, what I'm following is going to be from the – from the you know very beginning is is the quarterbacks. I mean, obviously you got Todd Monk in there. We never really got a chance to to get a look at you know what he brings to the table, how he runs practice, you know what his offense is going to look like during the spring. So and now he has two new faces to the group. I mean, really three if you th- you know you add in Carson Beck, of course. But I mean, Jamie Newman, JT Daniels. You know, we've all heard just through seven and seven voluntary workouts, you know, how well the quarterbacks uh, have looked. Uh, I think, you know, through walkthroughs, splitting reps, you know, with the first team has to be pretty difficult. You only get, I think, like an hour to go over plays or formations. You know, it's better than nothing. But with no spring practice, I mean, this is is Monken's first chance to to really evaluate these guys in in his offense. So I think... You know, that's really the one thing I really want to look at. And then, obviously, James Cook as well. I mean, everyone is is pointing to Zamir White being that next, you know, 1,000-yard rusher, being the next lead back with the departure of DeAndre Swift and Brian Herron. But 
And James Cook just seems like he, he's carved out perfectly for a role in, in Monken's offense and and really fully taking advantage of, of everything he brings to the table. I think once you get a better idea of what he has to work with with James Cook, I think he could start really crafting a, a better role for, for him in his offense. I think that, you know, every time James Cook got the ball, I mean, it kind of became a, a, a running uh, – you know, point of uh, humor, not necessarily humor, but it was a, it was just a, a running joke that every time James Cook was on the field last year, everybody watching the game kind of knew what was going to happen. I mean, he was either going to go in motion or he's going to take that, that sweep, you know, or he was just a decoy. Uh, a guy that was known for having outstanding hands finishes the year with, I think, 15, 16 catches for like 130 yards. And I think as far as just not getting the full use of, of someone's talent last year, I think James Cook has to be nearer at the top of the list, just in my eyes. I just think, you know, obviously he's not, he hasn't become a complete back. We haven't seen him as a complete back, but I just think that the talent has always been there. And now, you know, heading into year three, physically you could tell just that, you know, he is, he is ready to, to have a tremendous role in Georgia's offense. And I think that it's kind of a, a great opportunity for both Todd Monken and James Cook to, to really have a breakout year in, in Georgia's offense. That's kind of something I'm looking for. But then obviously something I expect, I expect the defense to, to dominate practice. I mean, that's what always happens when you start, whether it's spring ball or fall camp. I mean, the defense you, has an advantage. And especially this year, again, as I said before, you got quarterbacks and receivers trying to get, you know, on the same page. Uh, seven and seven, you know, skeleton drills, sure. I mean, you can get a little bit in there, but in pads, it's just not the same. It's completely different. And I think that we all knew that coming into this season, Georgia's defense is expected to be one of, if not the best defense in the country. You could say it, make the same case for it last year. And when you have basically nine starters coming back, uh, staff continuity, and the depth that they have with, I think, you basically have almost a three deep of players who got 100 or more snaps last season. So I think that what I would expect is for that defense to cause a lot of problems for an offense that's trying to, you know, just get on the same page and figure out what they, what they want to do on that side of the ball. So that's definitely what I expect Georgia to, you know, to have to work through and, and to really, I mean, it's going to help the offense just playing maybe the best defense they face all season. Absolutely. That that leads directly into what I'm following. And I'm looking for any patch, any whisper, any rumbling of offensive success coming out of preseason camp. And I've I've been I feel like I've I've stated this on multiple occasions. If if you're a member over at Dogs Twenty Four Seven, and we're gonna talk about that too uh before we go to the second half of the show. But if you're a member of Dogs Twenty Four Seven You've read probably multiple times right now that my my expectations for the offense, especially early in the season, are not super high, and I just I just think there's so many hurdles 
they have to clear new office of line coach, new office of coordinator, new look office of line, new quarterback, new backfield, breaking in some young receivers. There are a lot of question marks there. And I know these coaches get paid handsomely to get this to kind of iron out, but they're also human and they're limited in, in terms of what they can actually get done. And I know there's been some excitement about Todd Munkin's offense. I, I, I started hearing stuff about that back in February. I get that. But if, if early on in, in practice, first couple weeks, we're hearing, hey, offense had a good day today, uh, or, you know, the, the offensive line kind of got the best of the defensive line today, something, something of that nature, I think it's a really good sign. I really do. I think it's, I think it's one of those things that kind of lets you know that that maybe things are clicking a little quicker because you just really never know, right? You you never know if things are supposed to take time. Things may generally take time, but there are exceptions that prove the rule. And and I think that that there's an opportunity for that to happen at Georgia with some of the more experienced guys they've got. I just don't necessarily expect it. And then I, I'm also following the offensive line situation because. You know, I want to know uh, who's going to start out at right tackle if Jamari Sawyer's the left tackle. Um, will Will Justin Schaefer start out as the left guard? Uh, you know, I think there are a lot of different question marks. There. You know, Matt Luke got a really long look at, at Warren Erickson during bowl practices, and, and, you know, he's yet to really have a chance to coach Justin Schaefer in a, in a fully padded practice-type situation. And Schaefer was dealing with a pretty significant neck injury uh, at the end of last season as well. I mean, he's in a neck brace for months. So, you know, those are some things that I'm, that I'm definitely keeping on. That right tackle could be kind of a turnstile as camp goes on. I mean, you could see Warren McClendon start out there, see Xavier Trust get a look, see Tate Rattledge get a look, Owen Condon, Broderick Jones maybe when he gets healthy. And then we're not 100% sure when that might be, but the early prognosis was six weeks to a couple months. Uh, so those are the two things that I really don't have an expectation other than the fact that I just think the offense is, is like you said, it's just going to be behind and it may struggle a little bit and it wouldn't surprise me. Another thing from my perspective as a professional, I wonder how much we're going to see, if any, because I got to say this and I probably am not going to win any awards with the FWAA or, uh, or, um, you know, my colleagues in this business, but I don't blame Kirby smart for not letting us out there because you know, you're, if they're going to try and keep these players in a bubble as long as they possibly can, they can't let us go in there infiltrating that bubble. I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't want to be the needle to pop it. And, uh, you know, that – I mean, we saw how rabid everybody was with the cancellation of football in, in the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, and those were from non-Pac-12 or Big Ten fans. Uh, you know, let me be the one who gets coronavirus, goes out there and gives it to a couple staff members who gives it to a couple players. Man, I, I, I do not want that. So I, I wouldn't blame Kirby Smart at all if he said, all right, listen, no media access at practice, Zoom meetings after, after practice. Uh, maybe they give us a few more players on those Zoom meetings as opposed to, you know, to kind of make up for not seeing practice. I really don't know. Maybe Kirby's a little more forthcoming, which he can be at times during preseason camp about who's looking good and who isn't. And I, I think he kind of uses us to get that message out, which I'm fine with. Uh, but, but ultimately – uh, that's also something I'm trying to keep an eye on as well. Kip, is there a player? Is there somebody other than James Cook, because you've already mentioned him, but is there somebody else you're kind of looking forward to seeing what what comes out about and what kind of buzz is generated about him? Well, I'm going to do what I usually do, and I'm going to cheat uh, as much as possible here. There's, 
I mean, as much as I talk about that that defense and you know the high expectations they have co- coming into what we think is going to be fall camp, there are a pair of guys that I'm really excited to to, to hear about and and see where they are, you know, coming into this year. And I got to start off with with Jermaine Johnson. You know, it, it's uh again Georgia doesn't have a lot to figure out that they need to figure out on the defensive side of the ball. They have a lot of guys that are ready to step into bigger roles. You know, they have a lot of talent at each level. <clears throat> Jermaine Johnson, this is his second and final year. And he battled injury, injuries last year. He, he, you know, he had 20 tackles, two and a half sacks last year. But, you know, he's a guy that you figure is going to get a lot of reps at, at the Sam outside linebacker position. But, I mean, there there is potential for him to have a bigger role. And he has that capability of being more versatile for Georgia and, and being in more packages than what the typical Sam linebacker position has played, you know, in that defense under Dan Lanning and Kirby Smart. You know, it's it's really about unlocking that potential. And, and really, he could be that X factor in Georgia's defense. And, we, and we've said it multiple times, it's kind of been the case for more than one season now, is that even though Kirby Smart doesn't subscribe to, to the sack category and the pure tackles for last category, just, you know, he's, he uses that term, you know, the, the havoc plays. Georgia could still use more havoc plays. That is an area of their defense they could they could still stand and improve, regardless of, of how he perceives it. Affecting the quarterback and affecting the ball carrier in the backfield is an area that, you know, Georgia could still do well on. And I think, you know, if you're able to get more out of Jermaine Johnson, uh, that's where you can get those gains at. Now, I just think it's interesting. You know, you remember that tweet from him last month where he said he's at 260 pounds and moving like he's never had before. I mean, that's something that, you know, whether it's through through their videos or any chance we get to see it, I'd like to see how Jermaine Johnson looks, you know, in year two because that is an area where, you know, they, they didn't have – they lost Britton Cox last year. They have some young guys coming in like, you know, like Nolan Smith is a guy that figures to, to play a huge role coming off the edge. But if you can get – you know, if you can get a, a breakout season from Jermaine Johnson, this, this defense – is going to be trouble for any offense they face this year. And again, I, like I said, I'm cheating. I want another guy, Tyreek Stevenson. I mean, you got Devon Wilson in the transfer portal. This is, I mean, we kind of pointed to Tyreek as a guy that had kind of, you know, been a potential runaway starter uh, in the secondary for Georgia. He's got an opportunity to carve out that role in a very talented secondary. And he's a, you know, you saw him flash last year. Like I said before, versatility is a premium for Georgia's defense. They want to give as many looks as possible to confuse opposing offenses. Tyreek is just such a great athlete that, you know, he can play near the line of scrimmage. He can play well back in coverage. And he gives them a chance to be really disruptive out there. And so that he's a guy that they really need to step up and practice and show that, He's capable of playing multiple roles in the defense and making an impact, whether, you know, again, at corner safety, star, whatever Georgia needs him to do in the back end of the defense, he needs to show in this, you know, in this fall camp that he can do a variety of things for them, and, and that could really make him a, a breakout player in the conference this fall. 
Yeah, Tyreek McGee is a guy, Kip, that I've I've had projected as the starting star since I started doing depth charts back in January. And I definitely have a high expectation for him this season. I think that he's he's a kind of the the mix of playmaker. I think Georgia has gradually um improved at the star position. I think Mark Webb and Devod Wilson did a really good job with it uh last year, but ultimately I thought that that the the super big I'm sorry, Kip, you just pointed out to me I said Tyreek McGee. Uh Tyreek Stevenson, I'm sorry. It, that, I'll be honest with you. The the Tyreek thing has thrown me for a loop loop in the uh in the in the written word and and verbally. So sorry for that. Tyreek Stevenson, Tyreek McGee was Georgia's star in twenty seventeen and a lot of twenty eighteen. Uh, but but I think with with Mark Webb and Devod Wilson, they had kind of a combination of guys, and I think Tyreek Stevenson kind of brings both of those guys together uh, in in one package. And I still think Mark Webb's a very valuable guy there because he's so physical against the run. He makes it to where you don't have to put a Walter Grant or a Jermaine Johnson out there over the slot. He showed you against Notre Dame and against Auburn and, and other teams that he can fly in there, take on tight ends, take on H-backs, and, and, uh, and play the run from that spot and also give you some coverage ability. But I just think Tyreek Stevenson on, as an athlete is on that next level. Uh, the, one of the guys I'm looking for, and I give one on offense and one on defense, I think Channing Tindall is a guy that I'm really intrigued by because – if you've watched him play in his first two years, and he was banged up a lot of last year, he had a broken uh, uh, fibula, which is the non-weight-bearing bone in the in the leg. Ben Cleveland had the same injury, so did Charlie Warner at Georgia, and, and he missed some games. But but he has flashed playmaking ability, especially as a blitzer. I want to see him develop into a real deal, uh, you know, three-down linebacker because he's athletic enough to do that. And, and I think that the door is wide open for him to jump in and be that kind of player. Uh, you know, Georgia went with a four-man rotation last year at, at inside linebacker, especially when Kobe Dean was healthy. I, I think Channing Tindall can slip into that role, and I honestly think he can slip into the top three because, you know, when push comes to shove, I think he's probably more well-rounded and, and a better fit at both Mike and Will than uh, than than uh, Coy Walker. And then uh, on the defense, on the offensive side of the ball, you know. All the hype this preseason, it's been about Jamie Newman and JT Daniels, obviously. And then you've had the defense. But but maybe the most single most hyped member of Georgia's football team this season has been George Pickens. And you would expect him in year two because he did this a little bit in his first year at Georgia. But in year two, you those expectations, that bar gets raised. I, I think he should dominate. I think he should be the guy that if you're if you're talking about, okay, Who's really giving the defense trouble? George Pickens' name had better be high up on that list because Georgia needs that. And for the first time since 2014, they've got our leading receiver returning for another year. That's Chris Conley did it in 13 and 14. And, and since then, Georgia's had Malcolm Mitchell in 2015. They had Isaiah McKenzie in 16. They had Javon Wims in 17. Riley Ridley in 18. George Pickens was the guy in 19, and he's back for 20, and probably, and, and no, no, probably to it, he'll be back for 21 as well. So you, you definitely want to see him step up and, and really take uh, on not, not just a leadership role, but a playmaking role and start to really kind of turn some heads and dazzle and practice, not just with the big plays, but with the consistency and, and things of that nature. Uh, but before we jump into a break, real quick, I want to remind everybody listen, 24 7 sports. Dogs 24-7 and, and, and many of the other networks, some of them came in a little bit later, but 24-7 Sports and Dogs 24-7 is turning 10 years old 
this month. I believe August 16th is the official day. And uh, folks, we got something great for you. It's 50% off all month long. Um, we're really pushing it right now because we really want you guys to have an opportunity to see what we've got going on. It comes out to $4.48 a month. If you, if you take advantage of this deal, you basically get six months for free with that 50% off. I mean, I, I know that may sound elementary to some others, you know, not necessarily with math brains might actually, you know, find that interesting, but yeah, sign up for a full year. You get six months for free. Come over to dogs247.com and check it out. It's right there on the front page and uh, you get a lot with that. You get dog treats, which is the best recruiting scoop uh, piece out there for, for uh, University of Georgia. Uh, you get X's and O's breakdowns. You get insider notes, expert chats. Kip's always providing VIP nuggets. Rusty's providing his ramblings. You get access to us on the boards and via direct message. And, and uh, we love the interaction. We'd love to have you. So come on down and give us a try. Let's take a break. And we're going to talk about three to four days of pure chaos. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law all right, Kip, I guess it started on Saturday with rumors that the Big Ten was going to cancel its season. Uh, Big Ten Pac-12 on Sunday. Monday, they walked it back. Tuesday, it becomes official. Then the Big 12 goes ahead, makes its decision to forge forward with the SEC and the ACC already indicating or announcing those plans. Let me into the mind and the psyche of Kip Adams while all this is going down. Other than just, you know, watching the train wreck that, that occurred over the last couple of days, I mean, what really took hold in my head was, I don't know why we expected anything other than this. What, I mean, watching each conference roll out its own schedule and roll out its own strategy. Uh, the stage was set for the chaos that ensued. I mean, the process has revealed that, you know, just having hope is, is not a good enough strategy to correctly, you know, unroll or prepare for an unprecedented fall. And I think that, what we've witnessed is the fact that the NCAA allowed each individual conference to do its own thing has, I mean, the, these are the ramifications. These are the consequences of not having better leadership involved and having 
more structure and just watching the the Big Ten and the Pac-12 not necessarily cancel, but, you know, postpone their season and then watching the Big 12 come out and say they're holding firm and still trying to chase this football thing this fall. I mean, it's still unnerving how we got here, but uh, the fact that you had a Big Ten vote not be unanimous and then that info become public very quickly and then seeing Nebraska being, you know, vocally not happy with the decision and letting everyone know, it, it just shows you how disjointed everything is. And it's it's not just the the left hand not knowing what the right hand's doing. I mean, we're we're talking about conferences not communicating with each other on where they're thinking, and more importantly what their medical research, the what they're finding out, what the, the inf- information from all this testing has told them. And having different medical info on, you know, the ACC and SEC and then the, the, big, the big 10 and Pac-12, it's just really disappointing because the one thing we've learned this year is that you need to hoard and gather as much info as possible to be able to make the most educated decision that you can. And this, I mean, we, we get it guys. This is sports. Uh, uh, Safety is very important. And, you know, again, everyone's health is, you know, as important as it gets, but we are talking about a huge industry, lots of people's financial well-being including the student athletes who are, you know, hoping to go pro or just wanting to play football. You had a lot on the line here and decisions were made with, I mean, regardless of whether it's the SEC or ACC or big 12 continuing to try to play or the conferences that have bowed out each side had info that appears to be possibly different than what the other conference had. And why wouldn't you want to know what they're thinking or what they're doing. This is not recruiting where you're just trying to, you know, work in the shadows and, and win recruits over. And we're talking about having a season and, and, you know, trying to name a national championship at the end. I mean, both negatively affected the other by, by not giving information to the other. And I think that this is the fallout of this. And I mean, how can, you claim a legitimate, you know, college football playoff champion now. Or and now we're I mean, you look at the the Big Ten and Pac twelve trying to consider a spring football and we're looking at potentially having at best uh to a split national championship. And, and so getting to that, once you realize that's the best case scenario from where we are right now, you would think that these conferences would be willing to talk to each other and have some communication, get on the same page and make sure they know whichever decision they make that they feel it's the right one. And as we record this podcast on August 12th, knowing that something can change by the time we're done recording, it's, it's really frustrating to know that with this much, again, money involved, uh, that they didn't think to, hey, communicate, this is where we're at, this is where we're at, where are you at, what do you think about this? 
to, ha to have the capability to have, even if you're just playing conference schedules, to just have enough info to make the best decision possible. And it, it appears in my eyes that neither side had all of the information available to them just based on the testing schedules that they're recommending, you know, with the ACC and SEC saying basically what twice a week as far as testing and three days before games. And then the PAC 12, I believe said that uh, daily testing need, needed to happen and, and testing before games was something that needed to happen. I mean, that tells me all I need to know about how much communication was going on, how much information sharing was going on. And it's just really disappointing to watch everything unfold and seeing, you know, what possibly could be some incredible players that we're not going to get a chance to, to, you know, play another season. And, and so watching it all unfold, it was just really disappointing to know that these conferences are completely working on their own. And I think the one thing that should come from this moving forward is that that might need to change. I mean, there needs to be, uh, you know, there needs to be better communication. There needs to be actual leadership involved. And I think that, you know, the, the conferences need to do a lot of, you know, self-scouting and maybe figure out a, a different way of, of moving forward. I'm not saying, you know, bring down the NCAA or anything like that, but I, I definitely think that we're going to look back on what unfolded in the last three to four days as being the beginning of, of major change in college football. Yeah, we we've all got that family member that you go to a you go to a, a, a reunion or you go to Sunday dinner or there's a wedding or whatever, and that family member is just different. It's a little bit of a black sheep. Maybe drinks too much. Maybe he talks too much. Maybe she creates. Uh, maybe she's you know a little confrontational, or he's a little creates a little bit too much drama or tells big, you know, big lies, tall tales, my fish was this big, whatever. And, but you know that and you expect that. And while it bothers you, you still knew it was coming. You knew you were going to run into that guy. That's how I feel about the NCAA and this whole thing because I didn't expect anything from the NCAA. But the whole attitude of, all right, we're going to step back and we're going to say you guys handle all this so that we can distance ourselves from it. And when you do it, if we want to come in and drug test your players or if you've got a guy that, that you know, took some money and, you know, took a few dollars to, to come play for you or, to, or if you paid for a trip for a guy to come, we're going to penalize that. And if you've got a guy that, you know, for whatever reason, for whatever their reach is in terms of punishment, they're going to do something about it. That makes me sick because if you're going to be there to, to hand down the wrist slaps and the, and, the, and the butt whippings, you need to be there to restore order. You need to be there to kind of get um, everything, you know, in a line and get these teams in the same room and talking. And, and from what I understand, there was some. Maybe the egos, Kip, because I'm with you I'm 100%. The, 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 the look of it, the optics seem to indicate that these, these programs did not share information very well, if at all. Um, but there are, were reportedly, you know, uh, meetings between presidents, cross-conference presidents. There were meetings between commissioners. Maybe egos got in the way. Maybe everybody just decided, hey, I'm going to do my own thing. Um, but, 
you know, I understand a little bit why the Pac-12 did what they did because from what I understand, the Pac-12 was in the, it was in the negative last year anyway as a conference. Um, you know, after payouts and everything, I think they were slightly in the negative or, or definitely not as profitable as the other conferences were. The Big Ten kind of surprised me a little bit. I, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to be able to shake from my mind that the Pac-12 and Big Ten had, both were facing We Are United campaigns from their players unionizing, and those two teams are the – those two uh, conferences are the first two to cancel. Um, but just kind of letting you, letting you in my own mind, like there was – I don't know, there's a lot of heartbreak, man. And I'm not saying, hey, hey, feel bad for me. I mean, listen, there's there's a lot of bad going on in 2020, and there are a lot of bad people feeling bad right now and hurting. Uh, but it was just kind of heartbreaking to see what's happened. And I'm not, I'm, you know, this is not the, the, the place or the time to start playing the blame game of what I think's wrong and why I don't think college football is being played in certain places. It just It just sucks. No matter how you look at it, no matter who's to blame, no matter – what what we're looking at, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Life has been completely disrupted for a lot of people. People have lost jobs. People have lost their lives. People have lost fathers and mothers and sons and daughters and, and all sorts of relatives, okay? And and all of it just sucks. And, and this is a little bit of a cherry on top. And, uh, you know, it's an escape for a lot of people. And, and, you know, you and I both have been in this industry long enough to realize that there are people that care about this to a point that is just that 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 some may not even be able to fathom the casual fan may not be able to understand the way on on, on the dogs 24 7 message board we can discuss the same topic from 25 different angles in one day basically and uh and, and that, that just lets you know how much it means to certain people and um you know i hate it for the big 10 fans i hate it for the pac-12 fans um leadership has failed and I, I'm not going to sit here and say it, it disgusts me that that leadership has failed, the, the conference leadership and all that stuff, because they've got hard jobs to do. They've got hard decisions to make. Uh, but, but ultimately, it comes down to the fact that we just don't – we you know, we're not going to have a full college football season um, regardless because the 12-game schedule has been done away with. Uh, you're not going to have a full college football season because I'm not going to be able to if, – if the SEC does play – I'm not going to be able to leave a Georgia press box or an opposing team's press box, go back to the hotel room and catch a 10 o'clock game of the Pac-12, and that sucks. Um, there's just a lot that there's just – I don't know. And, 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 and you know what? I feel really bad for the for – the, for kind of the, the secondary workers, you know, the stadium workers. I mean, listen, I, I've talked about this with multiple people, but the same lady runs the elevator, the, the elevator that the media uses at Sanford Stadium. And I, while I don't know her name, she doesn't wear a name tag. We talk all the time. We talk like every time I go up and down the elevator, which I do three or four times on game day, we talk about how everything's going. And, and I know that she has a grandson that's in, that goes to Clark Central High School. And, uh, you know, we've talked about those things. And, and I like seeing her face. She's a great person. She's a very sweet lady. And there are several people that work at those venues that are cool. There's one guy that goes to this, well, when I used to, when I was able to go to the gym, went to the same gym. And, you know, those people are going to lose that Saturday payday. And that sucks. And, you know, there's just a lot of hurt that's going to happen out of this. The sport's going to be changed unless, you know, it's one of those things that we just don't see coming and everything finds a way to remain the same. But 
um, you know, it was it was tough watching all of that go down. And then obviously, Kip, I'm not going to lie. I mean, you know, we're sitting here thinking about our own livelihoods. You know, if there's not a football season, what's that going to do for for us? And and you know, I think we've I think we've kind of come to grips with the fact that you know you control what you can control and and uh, I think we're going I think we're going to be fine we're going to work hard we're going to provide unique content whether the SEC plays or not there are still hurdles to clear you got to get player you got to get students back on campus and unless they at the last minute decide to put these players in a bubble and and start to make them really look like you know at least semi amateur athletes instead of amateur athletes there's a lot to unpack here uh but but you know the SEC ACC and Big 12 seem to be giving it a go and and uh, that's about all you can ask for at this point. And, and we're going to go full speed ahead. We're going to cover practice. We're going um, to write what we can write. And we're going to pre- keep previewing the season until they say there is not going to be a fall season. And, you know, I don't understand how a spring season and, and how you have that safely and, and two seasons within eight months. But um, we'll roll with it as we come to it. And, and that's what we're going to do over at Dogs 24-7. But for this episode of the Junkyard Dogcast, I'm Jake Rowe. He's Kip Adams. And you guys take it easy. The time has come for drag queens to save the world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. <laughs> Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.